doing something in this room today. I believe that, that what we've just sung is really the prayer that we've had over the past couple of weeks as we've been dealing with this series, Soul Detox. And so I want to lead us in a time of, of prayer right now, but I want to give you a chance to voice what God is doing in your heart back to Him because here's what I believe in a crowd this big this morning. I believe that God is speaking to somebody in this room right now, maybe several people, and he's saying, hey, there's some stuff in your hands right now that you need to open up your hands and let go of because it's holding you back. And so right now, I'm not going to ask you to move. I'm not going to ask you to do anything right now. We're, we're just going to have a time of prayer. And if God is dealing with you, I'm telling you there is freedom in having your hands closed on something that's holding you back, strangling your walk with God. There is freedom in opening your hands and saying, God, give me clean hands. Give me a pure heart. God, I don't want to lift my soul to anything else. I just believe there's somebody here today, man, and maybe even this week you've been lifting your soul up to something, lifting your life up to something, and here today you've been saying, I'm tired of it. I'm done. I'm done. So, so let's, let's do that right now. Let's, let's do what God is doing in your heart and give you a moment just to express to God. Say, God, God, I want free of the toxic things in my life. Give me clean hands and a pure heart. Church, let's just silence Stay standing, but you pray right now to God, whatever that looks like in your life. Let's all pray as a church right now. You just pray silently for a moment. God, I believe that right now, God, right here as your people have gathered right here, as we've gathered into this room, Jesus, I think that you are calling some people to freedom already. I think that you are already dealing with people in the crowd about a relationship that's going bad. I think that you're already dealing maybe with somebody in a seat today about something that they've been involved with for years, something that inside they've said, hey, I'll always be this way. But God, I think that right now, by your still small voice, by your Holy Spirit, you are saying it's time to open up your hand and let it go. It's time to move into freedom. And so Jesus, right now, collectively, we just ask, have your way with us today, God. Just have your way. We didn't come to play church we didn't come because we didn't have anything else to do. God, everybody in the room is busy. But God, we all came, I think, because deep down, whether we say it this way or not, God, I think deep down we all want to meet with you. God, even the person that's here, God, they don't even believe that you're real. I think deep down they hope that you are. I think deep down they hope that there's a hope that beats the grave. I think deep down they want to believe that there's a second chance. And so, Father, right now, help all of us to see that there is hope and that there is second chance. And regardless of how deep we've went in the toxic things of this world and how far we've went away from you, you've never went away from us. You are right here, ready to receive back the person that's ran away, ready to forgive those that need forgiveness ready to help take the first step towards freedom to, for those who feel slave. And so, God, I just pray that you'd have your way with us, youngest to oldest. Just yield ourselves up to you right now. Ask you to move. In your name, Jesus. 
Amen. Amen. Church, hey, let's give it up for our worship team. Let's thank God for them, man. Man, I love these guys, these men and women of God. Man, it's awesome. Thank you, guys. Hey, church, you can be seated. You can be seated. I know we had a, a video playing there, but we're just going to skip that. I just think that God just, just really solidified some stuff, man. We were just singing that song, and I was thinking, that's the series. That was what we've done for four weeks, and that's what we've uh, tr- tried to say every week. God, give us clean hands. God, as we've, as we've done this series, Soul Detox, we've talked about all kinds of different things. We've talked about toxic thoughts, and we've talked about how our thoughts can, can make or break us spiritually. We've talked about toxic words and how the words that we say, not just to, to other people, but the words that we say to ourselves, those words we saw in Proverbs, it says that our words have the power of life and death, meaning that it can build people up, it can destroy somebody, it can, we can build ourselves up or we can destroy ourselves just with our words. And, and last week, uh, if, you, if you weren't here last week, we had Aaron Harvey here, a guest preacher uh, from, uh, from the KBC Southern Seminary in Louisville, head of church planting for this entire state. And, and man, he just did an awesome job because what he did last week, he talked about how, how whether you intend to or not, every one of us, me, uh, any, anyone in the, in the band, any of our volunteers, you in the seat, all of us could unintentionally walk away from God. Did you know that? None of us is as strong as we think that we are. And so what he did last week, he just talked about how we can slowly, unintentionally, but slowly begin to walk away from God. And man, God just did a lot of great things in the room last week. And today we are wrapping up this series, Soul Detox, by talking about toxic people. And so if you've got a Bible, you can open up or turn your app on to Genesis chapter 39. So go ahead and open up, turn your Bible on, whatever you need to do. Genesis 39 is where we're going to be today. And, and before we jump in as we're talking about toxic people, um, I want to ask a question. And, and you can respond to this by raising your hand and give me some feedback here. How many of you, okay, how many of you have that person in your family? You know what I mean by that person? How many of you have that person in your family? Some people's hands are already going up. Somebody over here pointed at another individual. I do not know if we can help you now, all right? Uh, But you have, like, a lot of hands are already going up. But you have that person in your family that you know that when they come over, when there's the family reunion, if they're going to be there, it's not just a get-together. Something awkward is going to happen. They are going to say something. They are going to take the Thanksgiving turkey and throw it at Aunt Sue or whatever. How many of you have those people, that person in your family? Raise your hand. They're just going to make it awkward. It's going to be a lot of hands are going up. Um, A lot of hands didn't go up. And maybe you're thinking, oh, we don't have anybody like that in my family. And the reason you're probably thinking that is because probably you're that person in the family and nobody's told you. It's it's all going on behind your back. Uh, Just it's church. We should be honest. Uh, But you're just that person maybe. Um, Here's here's another question. Um, How many of you know somebody that say you see them at Walmart and you just get this sick, nauseous feeling in your stomach? You just, oh, here we go. Oh, oh gosh, here we go. Does anybody, anybody, you don't have to, anybody, there we go. Hands are going up. Here's one, here's one right here. How many of you would say, just sitting in your seat, that there's somebody in your past, maybe you still have a relationship with them or whatever, but how many of you would say, just by raising your hands, you know what, there's somebody that I know 
that's had a profound impact on who I am today. Raise your hand right there. Somebody's impacted you. And listen, listen, listen. It could be for good or bad. But look, most hands have went up. Most hands in the room went up. We all know someone like that. We, maybe you've went to a party, you've gotten excited when you heard so-and-so people are going to be there. And then on the other end, maybe of the spectrum, you were going to a party, you found out so-and-so was going to be there, and you didn't want to go because you just, in your mind, you thought they were toxic people. You might even right now, even before we define toxic people, how many of you, again, let's just raise our hands right now. How many of you, before we, we're just starting the sermon, we haven't even defined it, how many of you know someone and you, and you say to yourself, you know what, I think I know some toxic people. Raise your hand. There we go. Hands are going up all over. And here's what you need to know. Few things in this life have a greater impact on us than people, right? Few things have a greater impact on us, good or bad, Few things have a greater impact on us than other people. And so today what we've done in this series is we've talked about things that are going on underneath the surface in our lives. We've said it every week, you know, we do a lot to take care of the outward body, our physical outward appearance, but what are we doing to take care of our souls? And what are you doing today to take care of your soul when it comes to toxic people? Because if you don't know toxic people, if you don't know anybody that you might define as toxic, here's good news. You will one day. You're going to know somebody that fits that definition. If you know them now, what are you doing to watch your soul, to take care of your soul when it comes to toxic people? You don't have to respond in any way, shape, or form. But here's something we all know. Here's something we can all familiar, uh, be familiar with with the person that may, maybe it was somebody that, that just seemed to be really going strong. They got active in church. God seemed to be doing a lot in their life. They seemed to be making all the right choices. And then all of a sudden, they got around the wrong people. And then they started making different choices. And, and all of a sudden, their life started to go into a nosedive. And what happened was they got around the wrong. See, people, more than anything else possibly, can impact you for good or for bad. And so the question is, what can we do when it comes to toxic people? What do we do to care for our souls when toxic people come into our lives? What do you do when you're at work or you're away on a business trip and everybody that you're away on the business trip with, they're tempting you, they're wanting you to go somewhere, they're all going to go, and they're tempting you, they're trying to get you to go with them, and you know that God's not in that. You know that God doesn't want you to go there. You know your family doesn't want you to go there. But you just feel an immense amount of pressure to go because these are your colleagues. What are you going to do? School has either started or it's starting this week. Anybody fired up? That's what I thought. Um, there we go. Crickets, right? What are you going to do, middle school, high school students, when this year somebody tempts you to go farther than God wants you to go? Because it's going to happen. What are you going to do when it comes to toxic people? Well, we're going to try to answer that question today, and we're going to try to do that from Genesis chapter 39. So hopefully you've got your Bible open or turned on to Genesis chapter 39. And, and just if, you, if you're not really a Bible person, uh, let me just kind of help you understand what's going on in Genesis 39. In Genesis 39, we run into a guy named Joseph. Now again, you're not a Bible person, you're not a church person. Uh, listen, hey, man, we started this church for you, fired up 
that you're here today, so don't be like, oh, man, I don't really know all the Bible stuff, and this whole singing thing is new to me. Hey, listen, 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 listen. You're fine. You're in a safe place. We're not going to embarrass you or anything like that. But if you don't know who Joseph is, here's what you need to know. Joseph is a major player in the Bible. Major player in the Bible. In fact, if you don't know the Bible, you probably at least know the name Moses, okay? If you don't know Moses, you at least know Charlton Heston. There we go. We'll just run with that. Charlton Heston, Ten Commandments, all right? Planet of the Apes, that guy, all right? We'll just run with that. But if you don't know Moses, Moses is kind of a big deal in the Bible too. Moses is used by God to lead Israel, which is God's people, lead them out of slavery when they were slaves in Egypt. Question is, how in the world did they get in Egypt and become slaves in the first place? Joseph is the answer to that question. I mean, Joseph actually gets the most airtime in the book of Genesis. There's 50 chapters. His story, it's a fascinating story, man. We don't have time to uh, go through it all today. You should read it. It starts in Genesis 38, goes all the way through Genesis 50. But what happens is Joseph is kind of this snot-nosed punk teenager. And what happens is Joseph starts to have dreams about how all of the rest of his brothers, he had 11 brothers, okay? How his 11 brothers are one day, they're going to bow down to him. Joseph's snot-nosed punk teenager, he thinks it's an awesome idea to go tell them, hey, you know what? I think God's going to make you guys bow down to me one day. Now, how would you handle that if your brother was having dreams like that about you? Hey, I think God told me last night, you're basically going to worship me. What do you think about that? Ha! How would you handle that? Your sibling said that to you. The same way they did. It ticked them off. In fact, it not only ticked them off because they were ha- Joseph was having these dreams about one day they were going to bow down to him. Joseph's dad loved Joseph more than everybody else. He was their favorite. Parents, how many of you that have multiple kids, you have a favorite? I just want to see if anybody do that. All right, um, I, just want, <laughs> I just wanted to see. I just want to say, oh, favorite kid next to you counseling for years. Um, but, uh, but, but Joseph's daddy, man, he played favorites. Everybody knew it. God knew it. God even put it in the Bible. Joseph's dad loved him more than the rest. They hated Joseph. And so one day they're out in the woods, and they come up with a scheme uh, that I wouldn't really recommend to kill their brother Joseph. Um, and the youngest brother, Reuben, Reuben is his name, uh, not the guy that won American Idol a couple of years ago. This is a different guy. Um, Reuben is the youngest brother, and he tries to come up with a plan to save Joseph, and he does this. He says, hey, let's not kill him. Let's just throw him into this pit over here and hope he goes well for him. Younger brothers. Um, and so that's exactly what they do. They take Joseph, and they throw him into this large pit out in this field. He can't get out. Then they take Joseph's coat. His dad had made this technicolor coat. This all kinds of different colors, psychedelic-looking thing. Uh, coat for his brother because he loved him more. Took that coat, killed an animal, drenched it in animal blood, went home and said, Joseph got killed, man. Joseph got killed. But really, they knew they were lying. And so they throw Joseph into this pit. And eventually, we're not told how long Joseph is in this pit. A group of people known as the Midianites come along. They see a guy in a pit. They get Joseph out of the pit. And then they sell Joseph into slavery to a group of people called the Ishmaelites. And then the Ishmaelites take Joseph to a man in Egypt named Potiphar. And that's exactly where we're at today. So let's look at Genesis chapter 39. Verses 1 to 3. Let's look at this. Now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. And watch this. If you've got your own Bible or whatever, underline this, highlight this. This is massive, what we're about to say. Do not miss this. Watch this. The Lord was with Joseph. 
And he became a successful man. And he was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that. Here it is again, underlined it or highlighted. The Lord was with him. And that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. There's a lot we could say about Joseph, but here's what the author of Genesis wants us to know. God was with him. In fact, Genesis 39 is a really short chapter. Six times in this chapter it says, The Lord was with Joseph. And so here's what you need to understand. When it says that the Lord was with Joseph, it doesn't simply mean that Joseph is going through all of these circumstances. He's a slave and and all kinds of things are about to happen to him and God was going through it with him so Joseph was never alone. It means that, but it means more than that. It doesn't mean when it says that the Lord was with Joseph, it doesn't mean, oh, so Joseph never needed to feel lonely again. Listen, that's true, that's awesome that it's true, but it means more than that. See, when it says that the Lord was with Moses, I mean, Moses, Joseph, when it says that the Lord, I've got Charlton Heston in my head. Um, When it says that the Lord was with Joseph, what it means is that God is with Joseph working everything out in and around and for Joseph because God knows where he's going to take Joseph. So God is opening doors for Joseph. He's shutting doors for Joseph. God is bringing people into Joseph's life that he needs at the moment that Joseph might not even know that he needs. God is with Joseph because God is going ahead of Joseph and making sure that Joseph gets to where God wants him to go. But see, here's what you need to know. Joseph didn't know that. Joseph didn't know that. I mean, yeah, sure, Joseph knew that God was with him the way that you and I know that God was with him. Joseph loved God. Joseph wanted to walk with God. But Joseph didn't see that God was opening doors and shutting other doors and bringing things together because God was taking him somewhere. Here's what Joseph saw. I'm a slave in a dude's house named Potiphar. I thought that God was going to do something significant with my life. All Joseph saw was a slave, but he still knew, hey, you know what? I think that God might want to do something with my life, but he didn't see how God was with him working it out, even when it didn't look like God was working it out. And here's what I want to say to every single Christian in the room. God is with you the same way that he was with Joseph. Did you know that, Christians? Every middle school student in the room, God is with you. Every high school student in the room, God is with you. Every stay-at-home mom in the room, every manager, every CEO, every teacher, every janitor, every person that's in the midst of a circumstance just like Joseph, and you're looking around and you're thinking, this doesn't make sense. Why am I going through this? Here's what I want you to know. God is with you. Not just with you in the sense that you're not walking through what you're walking through alone because he's with you that way. You're not alone. But I want you to know God is with you. He is opening up doors. He is shutting doors. He is bringing people into your life. He's taking people out of your life. God is with you because he knows where he wants to take you. In fact, let me prove it to you. Let me prove this to you. Let me prove this to you. Joseph's just like us. See, we can look in the rearview mirror of our lives and see how God is bringing everything together. I mean, how many of you right now, you don't have to answer by raising your hands or anything, but here's what I know. Here's what I know. If you look backwards into your life, if you look behind you, if you look in the rearview mirror of your life and the circumstances that got you into the seat you're in today, here's what I bet you'd see. You'd see things mysteriously falling into place, wouldn't you? 
I bet there's some people in this room in a crowd this big this morning, you can look in the rearview mirror and you see a situation that you and your family were going through and you thought it was going to crush you, but you made it out on the other side and now you might even say that God has used it to make you into the person that you are. He's used it to strengthen your relationship with him. Why? Because just like us, Joseph can look in the rearview mirror of his life and say, wait a minute, I think God is putting something together here. I can do that with my life. I can, I can do that with my life. I can do that with my life. When, we, when we, I was born right here in Hazard, we moved away. We lived in West Virginia for a little bit. We moved back, and I went to Hyman Elementary. Go Yellow Jackets! I don't know. Um, <laughs> two people applauded. Let's hug in the lobby, all right? Let's hug in the lobby. One of the first people that I met when I started Hyman Elementary, her name was Mary Catherine Prater. We became great friends. In elementary school, she gave her life to Jesus. On in high school, when we were seniors in high school, I didn't go to church. I didn't believe in God or anything like that. She did. She was killed in a car accident. And the day she died, I gave my life to Jesus. About a year later, God called me into full-time vocational ministry. I went to, a, co- I went to a, a college in Lexington. That college shut down. I didn't have anything to do with that, I think. And then it merged with another college in Louisville. My wife and I, I got married. I, I met my wife through some things that God got us involved in. We started, when we were in Louisville at seminary, started working with the church, Pleasureville Baptist Church. I was there what they called associate pastor, which meant you do what the pastor doesn't want to do. That's what that means. The church people have figured this out. Worked there for six years, then went to a church in western Kentucky, pastored there for four years, and man, it was, it was an extremely difficult time. And while we were in western Kentucky, God planted in my heart the vision for Summit Community Church. And we moved back in 2010 to launch this church. And here's what we know we needed. We couldn't do this alone. We needed some help. And Pleasureville Baptist Church, the first church I ever worked with, came alongside and said, we want to be your primary sponsor church. We want to help you get started. We want to help you turn Eastern Kentucky upside down for Jesus. And still to this day, that church is in it with us. You wouldn't know a person from that church, but they are praying for us. They are helping us out financially. And why? Because God brought us together so that all of a sudden here we are on this stage in 2013 and a little over a year and a half after we've got started we've seen over 200 decisions for Jesus over 150 baptisms and God is changing lives now here's what I know Here's what I know as I look at that. I'm not looking at, I'm not, I'm not bragging. I'm not up here because I'm a good person. God knows I'm jacked up, y'all. But here's what I know. When I look in the rearview mirror of my life, God is putting something together. And Christians, when you look in the rearview mirror of your life, I bet you see God putting something together. See, this is where you are today. You're, you're in the seat. You're, you're, you're starting middle school. You're, you're starting high school. You're in between jobs. Man, you've applied for every job and everything turns you down. You're here. I don't know what your deal is today, but this is where you are. You can look in the rearview mirror and see, man, some things have been working out. So I think that God's with me like he is with Joseph. You're here. And watch this. God wants to, in fact, he is going to get you here. God is going to get you here, Christians. But in between there and here will be toxic people. I feel like I should pause for just a second and just say that if you're here today and you're not a Christian, you don't even believe in God, I want you to know that stuff's not accidentally working out in your life either. People say all the time, you know what, I think that, you know know what, nothing happens by accident. And you know what, I believe nothing 
happens by accident. But it isn't karma. It isn't that things just happen to be working out for you. It is that there is a sovereign God in heaven who sits on the throne of the universe. And what he did before he created the earth, the sky, he wrote on his calendar that you would be at the forum in that seat on this day in 2013. You don't even believe in God, but God believes in you. Work that one out in your head. And he's brought you here today because God wants to start something in your life. I'm not a church person. I don't know how I got here today. I want to say to you, God's what got you here today, and God can turn your world upside down. Nobody is here by accident. Nobody. It's here by accident today. But in between where you are and where God wants to take you will be toxic people. Here was Joseph, a slave in Potiphar's house. God is ultimately going to get Joseph second in command over the, over the people of Egypt just under Pharaoh. In between, toxic people. Let's meet one. Let's continue to read. Verse 4. So Joseph found favor in his sight and in Potiphar's side and attended him. And he made him overseer of his house, put him in charge of all that he had. From the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in house and field, so he left all that he had in Joseph's charge. And because of him, he had no concern about anything but the food that he ate. Now, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Now, when the Bible tells you stuff like that, it doesn't tell you stuff like that so that you'll know, oh, Joseph was a hottie. The Bible tells you stuff like this because Joseph is hot, and it's going to be a problem that he's hot. Isn't it a problem that we're hot, attractive people? Everybody, I'm not, but attractive, ah, never mind. Um, Watch this. Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. After a time, his master's wife cast her eyes on him and said, lie with me. Do you know what she means? Like, if you don't ask Ricky Steele. Um, Love you, Bobby. Um. But he refused. We'll come back to that. Simple, but change your life. He refused. Watch this. And said to his master's wife, Behold, because of me, my master has no concern about anything in the house. He's put everything under my charge. He's not greater, he is not greater in this house than I am, nor has he kept back anything from me except you because you're his wife. Watch this. Main reason he doesn't sleep with her. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? We'll come back to that. And as, for jo- and as she spoke to Joseph day after day, he would not listen to her, to lie beside her or to be with her. But one day, when he went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the house were there in the house, uh-oh, she caught him by his garment, saying, lie with me. I don't think this woman was, like, intimidated by much. You know what I'm saying? Like, she walks up to Joseph, and, 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 and at this time it would have been like a cloak or, you know, something like that. She walks up, grabs his clothes with everything that she has. Lie with me. I love this. But he left the garment in her hand and fled and got out of the house. Joseph is streaking through Egypt buck naked. Bible. I am not making, that's Bible. You should just read it because it's awesome. Bible is awesome. So Joseph is God's man. Woo! Put something on. Cover that up. Left his garment in her hand, fled, got out of the house, and as soon as she saw that he left his garment in her hand and fled out of the house, she called to the other workers and said, see, he's brought among us a Hebrew to laugh at us. He came in to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice, and as soon 
As he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried out, he left buck naked. He's running through the streets. Then she laid up his garment by her until her, his master came home. She told Potiphar the same story. The Hebrew servant who you brought among us came in to laugh at me as soon as I lifted up my voice and cried. And now he's streaking buck naked through Egypt. Potiphar finds Joseph, throws him in jail. Joseph will spend the next 12 years at least in jail. Toxic people. Toxic people. See, when I say toxic people, what do I mean? Let me give you some examples. Here's an example of what a toxic person is like. like Tempters. People who will tempt you to certain things are toxic people. People who will tempt you to walk away from God or to get off of the path that God has for you. Those are toxic people. Hey, do this. Nobody will know. Hey, hey, do this. It'll feel good. Hey, do this. You know what? God will forgive you a little bit. Just do it, man. You, you go out with that guy or that girl. They're pressuring you to go further than God wants you to go. Tempting you. Maybe it's somebody in your family. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a colleague. It might be a church people. Some of the most toxic people that I've ever met in my life are church people. I'll give you an example of a toxic person, the devil. The devil is a toxic person. The Bible talks about the devil. We believe here at Summit, listen, we believe that the devil is real. He's not some mystic force. It's not some dude in a red jumpsuit with a pitchfork. You have an enemy who hates God, who hates everything God is doing in your life, and he is committed to destroying your faith. The devil, if he can use other people to get you off track, he will. If he can use toxic emotions, toxic thoughts, things in you to get you off track, he will. But there are toxic people in the world who will want to tempt you. Here's another example. Toxic people will laugh at your faith. People who make fun of you for being a Christian. People who make fun of you for believing the Bible. Oh, you're so bigoted. I can't believe you believe this. You're so stupid. Some of you may be at school, you have a teacher, a professor who says this, all Christians are basically ignorant because they believe the Bible. They're not, maybe they're not coming out that far. Maybe you've seen something on TV. Maybe you have friends that are saying that to you. I remember when I got saved, all of a sudden my name somehow changed to Billy Graham. Well, here comes Billy Graham. That's what they'd say all the time. That's what they say all the time. And I lost every friend that I had in high school. It was horrible. It was hard. It was really hard. But toxic people, just because something's hard doesn't mean that it's worth it. Did you know that? Just because something's hard doesn't mean that it's not worth it. Did you know that? It was really hard. Joseph is in the midst of a situation every day. Hey, lie with me. Hey, sleep with me. Hey, have sex with me. Hey, nobody will know. Hey, God will forgive. Drip, drip, drip. Toxic, toxic, toxic. Some of you, you are in the same situation Joseph's in. Here's what you're saying. I can handle this. I'm strong enough. I've got this. I can, I can handle this. Funny that Joseph didn't think that. Funny that Joseph ran out buck naked. Now, we laugh at that, but here's what Joseph is doing. Here's what Joseph is doing. When you are surrounded by a situation that is toxic, you've got to do whatever you've got to do to get out of that situation. You might need to build boundaries in your life from some toxic people. Hey, you know what? I'm not going to let you talk to me that way. I'm not going to let you treat me that way. You know what? I'm not going to go there anymore like that. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to set some 
boundaries. On very rare occasions, you might have to completely end a relationship with a toxic person. Joseph got out and did not seem to care about the garment in her hand. I guess he just walked around naked. But here's what that means. What it means is that sometimes, you shouldn't do this with everybody that disagrees with you. It should be a very rare event, but there are certain times when somebody is so toxic in your life, you just got to walk away. Say like what? If you're here today, you're in an abusive relationship, today is the day you get out. Today. Not tomorrow. Not yesterday. It's today. Do not pray about it. If you need help, there are guys here at Summit that met Jesus, and Jesus made a little crazy. We can help you. All right? Get out. Why? Because you are in a toxic situation. What do you do with toxic people who are trying to get you off the course that God has for you? Joseph is in the midst of a, of a situation, in the middle of a decision. Am I going to give into this toxic relationship or am I going to hold on to everything that God wants for my life? And Joseph shows us what we can do when it comes to toxic people. Two things, really, that come together to make one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it up so that we can swallow it a little bit easier, but it's really one thing, all right? One thing, let's keep it together, but we'll separate it just so it's easier for us to understand. Here's what Joseph does when it comes to the toxic person of Potiphar's wife and what we can do when it comes to toxic people in our lives. Here it is. Run, to, run from so we can run to. Say that again. Run from so that we can run Two, run from everything that's toxic in our lives so that we can run to Jesus and everything that he's got for us. Run from, run to. First thing Joseph does is he runs from. I mean, literally, he runs from her. We saw it. I love how simple verse 8 is. You can see it again here. It just simply says he refused. Hey, Joseph, have sex with me. No. Don't think that's on my day planner today, lady. Not going to do that. He just simply says no. There is power in saying no to temptation. There is power in saying no when toxic emotions rise up within you, tempt you to walk away from God. Listen to me. Every voice in your life that tells you to walk away from God, to slow down in your walk with God, to hide when you're struggling, to stop seeking God, every voice that says that is not God's voice. Don't listen to that voice. Say no. In fact, I'd like to see if we can all do that together. Let's all say that together on three. One, two, three. No. No. What do you need to say no to that you're sort of saying maybe to? What do you need to say no to today that you're saying yes to? What do you need to say no to today that if you continue to flirt with it in a year, you won't be here? What do you need to say no to? No, I'm not going to go there. I am not going to look at that. I'm not going to talk that way. I'm not going to think that way. You know what? You might be going there, and everybody else might be going there, but no, I am not going to, no. The answer is no. I'm not going to do it. No. Now, now I've been in the Christian game a long time, I've been, I, I, in the Christian game a while. I know what some of you are thinking when it comes to, you know, because some, some, I know Christians that just surround themselves with toxic environments, toxic people, and here's how they justify it. I'm just trying to be a witness. I'm just trying to be a positive influence. Let me ask you, if that's you, if that's you, let me ask you, are you? Are you being an influence? 
or you just blend it in. Because listen, listen, you and I, we will either influence other people or we'll be influenced by other people. What are you doing? He just simply says no, and then he runs from her. But Joseph is not saying no just for the sake of saying no. He's not running from Potiphar's wife just to run from Potiphar's wife. When Joseph runs from her, he's also running to something else. Because did you hear the the main rationale behind why Joseph is not going to give in to this toxic temptation from this toxic woman? He says this, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Joseph runs from Potiphar's wife so he can run to God and everything that God has for him. Joseph has such a big vision of God that his vision of God shuts off all the other doors that might take him off the path that God's put him on. And listen, I just think this is a great way to end the Soul Detox series, whether it's toxic people, toxic words, toxic thoughts, whether you're slowly walking away from God, whatever it is, whatever the struggle is in your life, whatever the issue is in your life, I want to say to you, you can take some steps forward, you can begin to run from that and run to something better. If you get such a big, beautiful, bold, grand vision of Jesus that he looks so awesome, he looks so glorious, you see him for who he is, you say yes to him and no to everything that wants you to fall short. Joseph has this vision of God that says, God, if this is who you are, then I'm in and I'm not turning around. He's not perfect, but man, he sees God so much that he says, he says, God, I am not going after what she's putting on the table. Some of you, when you think about Christianity, all you think about is, is, is no. And so right now, all you hear me say is, oh man, this is just a stereotype. This is what it always is. No, no, no. Rules, rules, rules. Religion, religion, religion. And God's in heaven and he's got his arms crossed and he wants to save you so that he can make your life miserable. God wants to save you, free you from hell, and until you die, he wants to take all the fun stuff away. That's what a lot of people think about Christianity. That might be what you think about Christianity, but listen, Christianity is not rules. Christianity is not morality. Christianity is a person, and his name is Jesus, and he came to set us free from everything that would hold us back. He came to set us free so that we don't have to settle for lesser things anymore. We were made for God and for God alone, and Jesus enters in to the toxic world that you and I live in so that you and I can begin to run from what's toxic to him and all that he has for us. That's what this is about. Because listen, listen, listen. I don't care if it's toxic people. I don't care if it's toxic words. I don't care what the issue is in your life. What do you need to run from so that you can run to Jesus today? What do you need to run from today? What's, what's holding you back? What's, what's in your hand that you're not letting go of? What do you need to run from so that you can run to Jesus? I love what Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says. It's going to be up here on the screen. Look at Hebrews 12. It says this, Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, sin which clings so closely, and let us run with, en- run with endurance the race that's set before us, 
fixing our eyes on Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. What's it saying there? Let go of everything that slows you down. Let go of everything that's holding you back. Not simply for no's sake. No, no, no. Not because of that. Why? Because you are looking to Jesus. And Jesus is better than anything the world would put in front of you. Man, if you've got a church background, there was an old song. It says, fix your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this world will grow strangely dim. What's happening? As you look to him, you say, man, I am done living for small things. If I could just sum soul detox up in a sentence, it would be, church, let's stop living for small things and let's begin to try to live for the one thing we were made to live for, Jesus Christ. His glory is worth it. What he has for us is worth it. You say, what's he got for me? I don't know what all he has for you. Maybe it's more influence. Maybe it's a godly husband. Maybe it's a godly wife. Maybe it's a deep and intimate walk with him. Maybe it's impact at your school campus this year. But here's what I know that Jesus has for every single Christian in the room. What I know Jesus has is eternity with him. Summit, I am telling you, there is coming a day when everything toxic in my life will go. When I see Jesus, I won't worry anymore. When I see Jesus, I won't be stressed out anymore. When I see Jesus, I won't live like it's all falling apart anymore. I'm telling you everything that's holding you back that you think you can't break free from. When you see him in a moment, it'll be gone. And for the first time, you'll worship him, you'll sing, you'll shout, you'll lift your hands with nothing holding you back. If that's where we're going, can we take a step in that direction today? I think that we can. I think that we can. So here's my question, and I'm done. What do you need to run from so that you can run to Jesus? What do you need to run from today? Is it a person? Is is it an emotion? Is it something that you're doing and you've justified it? Your friends with you have justified it? You used to feel really bad about doing it. You used to think, man, I would never do something like that. And now all of a sudden, you're really comfortable in a place you said you'd never be comfortable in. Maybe it's toxic words. And and you say to you all the time, over and over, it's never working out, I'm a loser, I'm a failure, I can't get my act together. When the Word of God says that if you're His child, you're forgiven, you're set free, you're made brand new, but you don't believe God, you believe you. Maybe it's something that's plagued your family for generations. It's toxic. You said, hey, you know what? I'm always going to deal with this. I struggled with it. My dad struggled with it. His dad struggled with it. It's always been a part of our family. It'll always be a part of our family. Jesus is bigger than anything toxic that's ruined your lineage. And today, today, you can begin to run from so that you can run to. You can take your first step of running from Everything holding you back. And you can start running too. Jesus. Would you pray with me today? Let's pray. Dear Jesus, right now, 
Right now, we just pray in, in your strong name. It's easy to come and, and just fake it. It's easy to come and do church. It's easy to come and, and act like it's okay when underneath the surface we know it's not. So God, I pray right now you would speak to every man and woman. I think you've already been put, I, I just love how you put this together today. Love how the band kicked this off. Give us clean hands. Give us a pure heart. God, don't let us lift our soul to another. And for that person that feels like they are, for that person that feels like that's their prayer today, I pray that today you'd give them the strength to run from, run from everything that's toxic so that they can run to you. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, that's really my question today. Because I think that God, I think that God, can take something like this and just apply it to everybody. So if you're here today and you'd say, you know what, Mark? Man, God has spoken to me today and there is something in my life that I think that God is telling me to run from today so that I can, I can have more of him. I think there's something toxic in my life today, Mark, that God is telling me, hey, you need to take, you need to run from that. If that's you, raise your hand right now. Right now, raise your hand. You'd say, Mark, God is laying something on my heart that I think is toxic that's just slowly taking me out, and today I want to start running from it. Today I want freedom. Listen, if that's you, whatever it is, whatever it is, if that's you, if God has laid something on your heart, I want you to begin to talk to God about it right there. I want you to begin to talk to God about it right there, saying, God, help me to start running from it so that I can have the freedom that only you can give. You might be here today, and you need to take your very first step towards God. Take your very first step towards Jesus. You're here. You're not a Christian. Whatever got you in that seat today, man, it's awesome that you're here. But as we've been talking, you know that, you know what, I'm, I, I might be a good person. Maybe even grew up in church, but I'm not a Christian. I don't have a relationship with Jesus. And today's the day that God's brought you here so that you can begin that relationship. And right there where you said, if you know you need to be saved, right there where you said, if you want to give your life to Jesus today, I just invite you to pray this prayer silently with you and God right there where you sit. You just pray this prayer. Say this, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me. Make me new. Help me to live for you to the best that I can from this moment forward. If you just prayed that prayer, you just made the most important decision of your life, and you know what? God doesn't want you to keep that decision to yourself. So I'm going to count to three, and if you just prayed that prayer, you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, I'm going to count to three as soon as I say three. I want you to shoot your hand up in the air because today was for you. This was for you today if you made that decision. If you made that decision on three, shoot your hand high up into the air. One, two, three. Right now, this is you. Go. If that's you, just raise your hand right now. And listen, if you made that decision, if you made that decision, if God's laid that on your heart, here's what I'm asking everybody to do today. Asking everybody to do the same thing. If God has laid something on your heart today, you'd say, Mark, I've got this toxic deal in my life. I've got this toxic thing in my life, and I want somebody to pray for me about it. When you walked in, you received a connection card. Did you just write that on the back of your card so we can pray with you about that? If you just made the decision to give your life to Jesus, on the back of the connection card that you got when you walked in, would you check that box that says, hey, I gave my life to Christ today. Today's the day I crossed over from death to life, and I want to follow Jesus to the best that I can starting today. Whatever God did in your life today, let somebody know about it. How can you do that? Right there on that card that we gave you. 
Jesus, I thank you that right now you are bigger, you are greater than anything that would hold us back, any toxic thing in our life. God, it doesn't define us, doesn't have to plague us anymore. We can begin to run from it so we can run to you. God, let us be a church that runs to you. Thank you that you're in this with us. You're putting all the pieces together. You're taking us where you want us to go. And on the way there, God, there's going to be some stuff that tries to trip us up. I pray that we wouldn't get tripped up by it. For students, middle school, high school, college, this, this upcoming year, none of them would get tripped up by it. That person at work that's, that's, that's just surrounded by toxic things, they wouldn't get tripped up by it. But God, we'd be like, just, like, just like Joseph, who has such a big, clear vision of you, we'd refuse to be satisfied with anything less. Jesus, we love you. It's in your strong name we pray. Amen. Hey, Summit, let's give God praise today. Let's give God praise. Let's give God a round of, just a shout of praise, a clap today. Because listen, listen, listen. I just believe that God spoke into people's lives today. And I think a lot of you are just making big decisions. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to receive our offering right now. Okay, so our ushers are going to come. They're going to get in place. I know we've kind of mixed that up on you uh, today. We did that early. We do that, that earlier a lot of times. We're going to receive our offering right now. And here's what I want to say to you. Go ahead and make any preparations you need to. And, and what you can do, if you've got a connection card, and if you're not a first-time or returning guest, okay? So if you're not, if you, if you're not a first-time or returning guest, you can fill out your card. Let us know any way we can pray for you and write that down on the back of your card there, okay? But here's what I would want to say to you. All right, if you're a first-time guest, returning guest, hang on to your card because we got something special I'm going to tell you about right now. But right now, we, we, we receive an offering every week because it's worship. It's worship. It says to God, God, you know what? I, I don't want anything more than I want you. So that's what this says. So we just invite you to give today as God leads you to give. I'm going to say a quick prayer, and then our ushers are going to begin to receive our offering. You give today as God leads you to give. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for every person that's going to give today. God, I thank you so much for what you're doing in our church and all the lives that are being changed, what you're going to begin to do this fall, just the great work that's ahead of us. God, I pray that you'd use what's given today to transform eastern Kentucky and beyond. In Jesus' name, amen. As our ushers are receiving the offering right now, go ahead, guys. I just want to mention a couple of things to you. Hey, if you're a first or returning guest today, this is your first time, hang on to your connection cards. Because out there in the lobby, we've got a free gift for all of our first-time guests. So take that card. If you're a returning guest, visit the next step booth there on your way out today, okay? want to mention a couple of things to you while we're receiving our offering. Um, really three things. Today, today if you're new to Summit or you want to take the step of partnership, you've got some big opportunities to take steps today. Right after this service, we're doing an event called the VIP Luncheon. That's in our Summit Kids area. That's for anybody that's new at Summit. We'd love to meet you, want you to get a chance to meet us, and just know where your next step is at Summit. Lunch is on us today. So if you're new, you want to stick around for that, it starts in, it starts in a couple of minutes over in Summit Kids. Tonight at 6 o'clock is Discover Summit. Now, Discover Summit is our partnership event. If you want to officially make Summit your church, become a partner, we ask everybody that wants to do that to come to Discover Summit. So you come tonight at 6. And also, one more thing I want to mention to you. This week, 
Friday, we launched the Summit app. And man, we are just so excited about that, how, what that's going to do for our church. You can download it from the App Store for Apple, Android devices, and you can give on there. You can listen to messages, check out the calendar, do everything on there, man, so much more. So download that. That's totally free. And next week, next week, we're going to launch a brand new series called Follow, and you don't want to miss it. You want to be here next week when we launch Follow. Freedom is four weeks away. Freedomhazard.com, you've probably seen that. It's coming. We're getting ready for it, and we're taking it to another level next week. See you be here. Hey, love you guys. You guys are dismissed. Our band's playing us out today. We'll see you next week. Yeah.